Welcome to the Contact Podcast. So welcome into episode six on our series of Who is Jesus? If you have not yet checked out the first five episodes, I strongly encourage you to go check those out. We'll wait right here for you and then come back and check in with us because we're going to be talking about something I think is interesting today and something that we don't have a whole lot of information of in Scripture. So we're going to leave today with more questions than answers, I would say. But I think that's a good thing. The, the way that I was... The way that I was brought up, the churches that we attended, it wasn't looked on positively to ask questions. And we tell our kids all the time, like, the, the mark of a true leader is somebody that asks questions, but not just asking questions, you know, to be smart or you ask a question, you don't even listen to what somebody's saying when they're giving you the answer, but you're genuinely seeking to find out information because the more information that you find out, a true leader wants to know so that when people come or they, they meet somebody who has questions, you can point them in the direction that they're looking for. And so that's what we're trying to do with this series. And like I said, we're, we're, there's, I don't have all the answers, but the, the scripture tells us, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open unto you. And so we're trying to, to knock on the door to find out as much as we can about Jesus. And hopefully this series has been beneficial to you. I know last week's episode with Dr. Campbell was something that was a real game changer for me, especially because it wasn't something that I had originally planned. But God is so good at just flipping our plans upside down and saying, okay, see, look, when you follow my way, it's a little bit better than when you follow your own way. You know what I'm saying? And so... I want to start off this episode with a word of prayer, and then I'm going to kind of get into what we're going to be talking about today as we try to look at Jesus' upbringing. So, and if my voice sounds a little bit crazy, I'm under the weather, so pray for me. We're going to battle through this. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to be able to come and to just relay what you have put on my spirit to say in this moment, Father. I pray that you help me to say nothing outside of your will. I pray that you'd use me as a mouthpiece, Father. And I thank you so much for giving me this responsibility of coming forth with information that I have been able to uh, read about and and listen to sermons about and just seek and find answers that have really built my faith. And I thank you so much that you're not so distant from us that we can't know specific things that really help us and build our faith and our walk with you. And so I just thank you for this moment. I thank you for the confidence that you have put in and trusted in me to come forth with this information. This is something that I do not take lightly, Lord. I thank you and I love you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So like I said, we don't have a lot of information on this topic, talking about young Jesus, I guess you could say. But if you look at Jesus's life, his whole life was young. You know, he was sentenced to death at 33 years old. And so the first place that I want to look and we're going to kind of bounce around a little bit today. The first place that I want to look is heard, um, I believe it was Rob Touchstone. He has a podcast. Um, hopefully he'll be coming back on soon. He came on last year, but he said something in his podcast to the effect of the the whole Bible is basically written through the trees because you have the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the tree of life in the garden of Genesis. And in Revelation, you have the tree of life as well. And so I want to read a couple of scriptures that he pointed out. And um, then we're just going to go from there. Like I said, we do not have a lot of information on Jesus' upbringing, but I want to get into some of the customs that maybe he was going through um, before he kind of comes onto the scene when he's stepping into his ministry. And so the first place that I want to look is Isaiah chapter um, 11, verse 1. 
And it says, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. This was obviously a prophecy speaking on the coming Messiah, the coming Savior of the world. And um, we're just going to pick out a couple scriptures here that, that speak on that fact of trees. Because if you look in John chapter, I believe it's John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And so you look at these, these examples all throughout scripture of trees. You know, Jesus died on the tree. Jesus goes into the garden of Gethsemane where there are trees, the tree of life where sin began and then where sin was defeated on the cross. And so you, you just look throughout scriptures and you don't have to look too hard to find that everything in scripture points to Jesus. And, um, uh, Paul talks about this in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, he says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Now let's flip over to John chapter 20, and this is where Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb, and she's weeping and she's crying because the body is not there. And in verse number 15 is where we're going to pick up. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener. Therein again, like that verse in John chapter 15, where Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Actually, let's go ahead and pull that up. John chapter 15, um, verse 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. She thought him to be a gardener. Fruit, garden, tree. You know, all these things just collide together. And, and, and then we go to Revelation. Like I said, this is the last chapter in Revelation. John writes, uh, in verse number two, through the middle of the streets of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit for each month. So we look throughout the Testament there, just uh, the, throughout the scripture, there's just a couple examples of the tree. And and I love how Rob, Rob Touchstone said that, you know, the, the story of the Bible can be found basically between the trees. So let's get into the book of Luke and read a little bit of the birth of Jesus. Like I said, we don't have a whole lot of information about Jesus growing up, but we're just going to come forth with what we do have and kind of look at things in context. Because when we talk about Jesus, we are several thousand years removed, but we're also a different culture. So I want to I want to try to shift our brains and our mindset into that Jewish culture mindset, which I know is hard to do, especially if you've never been. Uh, to Israel or anything like that, which I have not been, Lord willing, I will be one day. But we're going to try to look at things from that perspective today. So let's see if we could just click our brains over to that gear instead of our Western mindset. And so um, the first thing that I want to look, you guys know me by now, I like to pick out little words or, or phrases or things like that throughout scripture and kind of expand on them a little bit, because I think we miss so much just by breezing over these things. Just the name alone of the town that Jesus was born in Bethlehem is very significant because in uh, Hebrew, um, the word Bethlehem derives from the word Beth and Lehem. Beth means house and Lehem means bread. So Jesus was literally born in the city called House of Bread. And we know in John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger and whoever believes in me will never thirst. But then here's one thing that's even more interesting. I feel like Jew, uh, in that culture, um, Hebrew was not the the language that was generally spoken by the Jewish people, but rather Arabic. So the the um, Arabic equivalent of Bethlehem is house of meat. So it meant house of meat. And so literally Jesus says, that, you know, promises that he will feed us not just by some spiritual power or grace, but also with his own flesh and blood. He says, my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. That's John chapter six, verse 55. And so 
I think that's interesting just to point out that the place that Jesus was born was a, was an analogy that he often used in I am the bread of life. And so we're going to get into Luke a little bit and uh, pick out a couple pieces of scripture here and, and kind of ask some questions. Um, and so the first place that I want to look is Luke chapter 1, verse 13. It says, But the angel said to him, him being Zechariah, he said, Do not fear, Zechariah, for your prayers have been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Go over to verse number 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. That goes back to that verse that we read in Isaiah where it said from the shoot of, uh, what was it, shoot of the house of Jesse. Um, that, that you know We just see the, the reference of Jesus in Isaiah, and now we're seeing the angel come to Mary and say, this is to fulfill that prophecy. Jesus fulfilled, I can't remember how many, prophecies uh dr campbell said last week i feel like he said like you know several hundred i know jesus filled a ton of prophecies we got into them earlier in the series um but verse number 28 says and he came to her and said greetings O favored one the lord is with you but she was greatly troubled by this uh greeting and the angel said to her do not be afraid mary for you have found favor with god and behold you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name jesus he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the lord god will give to him the throne of the father david and he will reign over the house of jacob forever and his kingdom there will be no end so you might be asking okay why did i read that about john before i read that about jesus i thought we we're talking about jesus today and we are but i think it's interesting because we talked about earlier in luke chapter 2 verse 41 and i'm just going to go ahead and read that just to kind of refresh our memory a little bit. Luke chapter 2, verse 41, it says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. Uh, the end of verse number 43, it says, The boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, and his parents didn't know it. Verse number 46, After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. And I brought up the question a couple weeks ago, Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, talks about how Jesus emptied himself. So when he is talking to these officials, and when he is talking to these teachers, is he actually speaking to them in a way like asking them questions that he didn't know the answer to. And we see a little bit in scripture, the answer is found kind of at the end of the ver end of, end of the uh, chapter there. Uh, verse number 52, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and found favor with God and man. So I brought up that question. Did Jesus know who he was? Did Jesus have the answers that he was asking these people? Was he saying that because he was genuinely trying to find out answers from them that he did not know? Because we know that Jesus emptied himself. What exactly did he empty himself of? I, I don't have the answer to that. I don't know. But I think it's interesting to know that Jesus did grow in wisdom, uh, like we read there in verse number 52. But then also, if you look in uh, chapter 1, verse 41, it says, And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. So John, which... John's role obviously was to prepare the way for the Lord. And if you look at Jesus's name, Jesus, um, uh, uh, Yeshua means salvation. John means grace. So grace paved the way for salvation. Grace was, was, uh, you know, Jesus showed the ultimate example of grace by taking our place. But we see the baby John leaped in her womb from hearing Mary's voice. Now, does that mean that John instinctively something in his spirit, even in the womb, was supernaturally given that that knowledge of who was speaking, which was Jesus's mother? Did he know? I, you know, I don't know. But that does kind of make you think, like, did Jesus know? But I want to look a little bit of this. This doesn't necessarily have to do with um, Jesus specifically. This was just the custom at that time 
for kids growing up in that society. And so um, during Jesus' time, kids from the ages of 4 to 12 would participate in what they called Beth Safer. And so basically this was just like school where they would teach them the scriptures over and over and over again, teach them how to read. And so it, it makes me wonder too, like, so when Jesus was going to this from four to 12, was he just sitting in there for eight years, you know, thinking, okay, I already know all of this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, or was he truly, um, like it says in Philippians, did he empty himself to the point that he was relearning this stuff? And we're going to talk about that in a minute too, because I'm going to give y'all what I feel like is the answer. and. Obviously, this is not a salvation issue, but I think it is fun to to kind of talk about. And if you guys have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me. Um, uh, let's see. So Beth, we talked about that a second ago. Beth meant uh, Beth means house of. And so um, uh, when you talk about Beth safer, safer means learning. So that was the house of learning. They spent from ages four to 12 there. And then from 13 to 15 was the second level of schooling, and that was called Beth Midrash. So from there, you learn the meaning of the text. So from 4 to 12, they're just going over the text over and over and over again, maybe not even explaining things until they get to 13 to 15, which is the second level of education. From there, uh, they, they learn the meaning of the text from the rabbis, commentary on the text from different rabbis. After this, uh, after this schooling, a few select were chosen to follow a rabbi from ages 15 to 30. So it makes you kind of wonder, too, because we don't see that in Scripture. Did Jesus have a rabbi? The whole point of a rabbi was you were, you know, they, they would pick. First of all, the rabbi would pick the best of the best students. So you see that when Jesus decides to pick his disciples, these guys were fishermen. These guys were tax collectors. These guys were not chosen to be uh, uh, students for a rabbi. So they were considered, you know, obviously kind of misfits, right? So we kind of know that throughout scripture, but this just kind of echoing that. But the whole point of the rabbi, the goal was to be um, covered in the rabbi's dust. So you're supposed to follow that rabbi so closely that you are picking up the dust from his feet as he's walking from town to town or walking from, you know, wherever he's going, that you are that close to him, that you are learning everything that he's doing, the prayers that he's saying. And these dudes had prayers for every single thing up to the point where they would say a prayer when they went to the bathroom. Like if, if, after they got done, they would say, you know, I, I don't know what they would say, but something to the effect of, I'm sure, like, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to go to the bathroom freely with no issues or anything like that, you know. So so it was like that whole thing. So, you know, different rabbis had different interpretations of texts. And that was the thing, too, that was interesting that I found was like to certain rabbis. Obviously, all of them would say something, even though they didn't act upon it. But like the first rule was to love God. But then the next rule was kind of up to interpretation for that rabbi. So one might say no work on the Sabbath. And that's why so many of them were offended by what Jesus was doing. But some of them might say it's cleanliness. So that's why those specific rabbis had issues with Jesus because Jesus was eating with the unclean. So it was just up to interpretation for that rabbi. And so you think, was Jesus under the, the, uh, teaching of a rabbi from 15 to 30, because we don't have anything from the age of 12 until 30 until he's baptized. So I don't know, was, did the Lord separate him? Was he a carpenter under Joseph? You know what I mean? Was he just a carpenter? And, and that's, that's one thing that I found interesting as well. And, you know, I, I forget the the numbers off the top of my head, so you might have to give or take, but it's something along these lines of, if you look through scripture, if you look through the gospels, the word rabbi or teacher was used for Jesus something like 60 times, but the word carpenter was only used like once. And I believe it was in Mark. 
Uh, I could be wrong on that. It was something along those lines, but there's a very big disparity between who called Jesus teacher and rabbi versus who called him carpenter. And so let's let's uh, jump into a little bit of his birth. As we talked a little bit about the schooling there, I know I'm kind of going back and forth and I'm kind of uh, jumping around, but that's that's how this whole series has been, hasn't it? We started out uh, talking about the Bible, and then we we did the you know the price that Jesus paid, and we went back to the trial, and we went back to the crucifixion, and now we're going back to the birth of Jesus. So let's look at Jesus' birth, and we find that in Luke chapter 2, verse 4. It says, And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and line of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed. He was with child, or I'm sorry, who was with child? And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. I think what what one thing that's so interesting about Jesus too is Jesus says so oftentimes things about faith you know whenever he heals somebody he would say something along the lines of your faith has made you whole and you look in Hebrews chapter 11 the hall of faith where you just see by faith by faith by faith by faith and i think what's so interesting about that is Jesus was born in a time in a culture who did not believe in photos they didn't believe in photographs they felt like they were uh, demonic that felt like they were sinful. And so you look at how specifically detailed history is like complete, like all of this stuff is already written. Everything is already written. So when you think about how God, the father put Jesus in a time where there wasn't like today's age where we have cell phone, everybody has a cell phone in their hand all the time. Everybody's taking selfies. Everybody's taking pictures. Jesus was in a time where there was no cameras, but what they did have was they would draw pictures, especially the Romans. They were big on, obviously, the the faces on currency, the artwork that they would do, the different photos of the of the governors and things of that nature. But Jesus was born into a group of people that did not believe in photos. And I, I don't think that's, obviously, nothing is a coincidence. But you look at that. Jesus was born into a culture that did not do photos. He was born into a time that they did not do photos. And I believe that is specifically because if we all just saw a picture of Jesus, we would say, well, yeah, Jesus is real, but he was born in a way that it, it it involves obviously already a certain level of faith to believe in Jesus, but it takes it to that next level that we've never seen him. And so now we're going to flip over to where we're going to end the episode. And I know this episode is going to be significantly shorter, but just because there is such a lack of information on this topic. But one thing that I want you guys to consider as well as, as we read the verse there in Luke, how... Mary wrapped him and swaddled the clothes and laid him in a manger. Mary knew, I don't know that she knew the extent of everything that Jesus was going to be. Obviously, we don't see that scripture, but the angel told her this was the deal. Like the Holy Spirit is going to allow you to conceive and you birth the son of God. And so she at least had that knowledge. So I just want to try to put ourselves in that mindset of a Mary and a Joseph who Joseph is having dreams from God saying, you know, Take this woman to be your wife. You know, what she's telling you is true. And just the way that they had to feel whenever they're holding a baby Jesus, like the Messiah, the, the son of God, you're sitting there holding him. Imagine how unworthy they felt. Because I, I couldn't imagine seeing Jesus in person in this life and him being a baby, helpless, you know, crying, not able to change himself, not able to feed himself. And the the, the responsibility that she w was placed into to say, wow, not only do I have a baby at such a young age, because my pastor talked about this a while ago, that 
many scholars believe that Mary could have been as young as like 12 years old. You know, so she was not very old, 12, 13, 14, 15, something. She was a teenager. And to have that kind of weight and responsibility on her, which I know that different culture, different time, they were much more mature at that age than a 12-year-old now. Nowadays, a 12-year-old back then is like a 30-year-old right now with how society is kind of going down the drain. But that's a conversation for a different time. But just the the way that they had to feel so unworthy in that moment to think, who am I to sit here and hold what we, what has been prophesied to us for years, who has been prophesied to us for years, who we've been waiting for. I couldn't imagine the magnitude of how that must've felt in that moment. And so the last place that I want to end is Matthew chapter three. Uh, and this is John preparing the way for Jesus. If we look down in verse number 13, then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? But Jesus answered them, let it be so now for this it is fitting. Uh, I'm sorry, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like, descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from the heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I, I am well pleased. And so this is what kind of my closing question for you guys is. Do you think Jesus knew fully who he was until that moment? Because I, that's kind of the way I'm leaning. I'm like, did Jesus fully know who he was until he was baptized, until the Spirit came on him? Because if you look in Scripture before that, which we don't have a whole lot about Jesus uh, before he was baptized, but if you look immediately in the next passage, my mom actually pointed this out to me. Shout out to my mom. She said that if you look in verse number, uh, chapter number four, it says, then Jesus was led by the spirit. So you don't see that in, in scripture beforehand, but you see the moment that he comes up out of the water, the spirit descends like a dove, and then you hear God's voice. So maybe it's that affirmation. Maybe Jesus knew, you know, had an idea of who he was, but this ultimate confirmation and the spirit coming and then leading him immediately away to be tested by Satan and giving him the power, the angels coming to him and encouraging him throughout the, um, I'm sorry, after the temptation of Satan. But it's just interesting to think about, like, what did Jesus completely know who he was until that moment? You know, and, and like I said, it, it tastes weird even saying those words because the way that I grew up in the way, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this right now, you feel the same way. Like, can he even ask that? Can we even ask that? Can I ask that question? But I think it's good to ask these questions because when we put these things out there, we, we like when we're genuinely coming with a pure heart, trying to find out as much as we can about Jesus, um, even if we don't have the answers this side of glory, like it puts us in a situation where we're trying to seek and we're trying to find and we're trying to learn. So if you have any answers to that, I'd love to hear what you think. Reach out to me because I don't know. I don't know if, if you know, when it says Jesus emptied himself, did he empty himself of all knowledge of who he was, some of the knowledge of who he was, you know, did he know partially why he was here? You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I'm, I, I want to say, I want to be more inclined to say Jesus had an idea of who he was. And as he was growing and as he was reading scripture, it was being revealed to him more and more because John 1, 1 tells us in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. So the word, this Bible that we have right here is the word. So Jesus is the word. So as he was reading, was he picking up more knowledge? Was was the the scripture speaking to him in such a way of revealing more and more as he got into the text from ages four to twelve, where he says, "Okay, this is speaking about me." You know, d was that the case? We don't know from scripture, 
but it doesn't tell us. But we do know that he emptied himself. And I think I'm like I said, I'm more inclined to believe that maybe he had an idea of who he was until he was baptized. But but that affirmation that God said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased, I feel like that was kind of like that that final affirmation that he needed. You know what I'm saying? Because like, why else would God say, This is my son? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I could be wrong about that, but that's just how I feel. And I think scripture can kind of back that up because we see, you know, passages where like we like we talked about today. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but just how Jesus emptied himself and then also how Jesus grew in wisdom. Um, he was in school from ages four to twelve and then twelve to fifteen, a more extensive schooling. And so yeah, I, I don't um I think as we go throughout this series, it's been very beneficial to me. If nobody else gets anything out of it, it's it's at least been something to me that's really made me think and really challenged me in my walk and really made me think, okay, this is what Christ did for me. There's no excuse for me not doing the best that I possibly can for him. And so that's all that I got for you guys today. I know this episode was a lot shorter than usual, but when you have very limited information about a topic like this, um, what more can you do? So next week... Actually, I'm going to leave it a surprise. I'm excited about next week's episode because we know that Jesus, the last that a lot of the Pharisees and Sadducees and all those saw of him was that picture of him dying on a cross. And Jesus enters the scene as a baby, helpless baby, where there's no room for him in the end. Well, he doesn't come back as that. So that's all I'm going to say about that. So hopefully this was a blessing to you, Lord willing, same time next week. God bless you guys.